0: Holy Spirit, I thank you right now for the anointing of God that is in this place, the spirit of God that is in this place. And we trust you as our teacher. I yield my members, bring my faculties under subjection that you may influence me as I inspire them by the Holy Ghost. We pray right now that your word is preached with boldness, simplicity and clarity that as we understand this truth, we will put it into application in Jesus name. We pray. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. You got Hebrews chapter 12. Say, I got it. Amen. I don't have it yet. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Amen. Glory to God. Hebrews chapter 12, verse two. Look what it says. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured what? The he endured the cross, despising the shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse three is what I want to focus on for consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself lest you be weary and faint in your minds, lest you be weary and faint in your minds. Today, I'm I'm not going to have it on the screen. I don't have the slides for you today. I didn't get a chance to do the PowerPoint. But don't worry, you can go old school with me and we can just teach it. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Sometimes we need that anyway, that you don't have somebody tell you what to write down, that there are some things that the Holy Spirit say to you personally and that you jot those things down. Let them minister to you. Amen. We're still on this series of momentum uh, we're on part 10 of momentum, and I just want you to write this at the top of your page. Accepting assistance. Accepting assistance. Now, I only have about 40 minutes to teach this, and there's no way, Dr. Blunt, that I'm going to get through the entirety of this portion of the message. So I'm going to have to pick back up on Thursday night uh, wherever I stop. When my time stop, I'm stopping. Amen. Somebody say Amen. Amen. Come on. Declare the confession out loud with me. The wealth confession. Amen. I am a wealth magnet. I believe it. I receive it. I think like it. I speak like it. I act like it. I have more than enough in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Now, we've been teaching on these steps of momentum and momentum. One of the biggest things that have begun to jump out of lately, uh, Minister Ingrid, is that there can never be momentum without motion. That the steps are designed to get you moving, to get you in motion. And the more you begin to apply the steps, the more the speed is picked up and momentum is built. So momentum is something that you have to build. You have to build momentum. If we could turn this lapel down just a hair uh, Jyron, that'll work for us. Turn it down just a hair. Amen. It, it, momentum is something you have to build. You have to build momentum. You don't automatically get it. Now, I'm not just going to be on the subject of wealth building today because I'm going to follow the direction of the Holy Spirit that this would minister to you in every area on the step that we're on persistence. Write that somewhere on your page, persistence. And we know that persistence is the ability to keep going. That fortitude, mental fortitude, was the ability to focus on problems and to uh, work the solution to those problems, even in the face of adversity or contradiction, that was mental fortitude. Persistence is the ability to keep going, to keep going. Come on, say "Keep keep going. It's important that we learn how to keep going. Now, you have to reprogram your mind to think like that. Uh, We talked about the other steps and the other steps but the first step was confidence. I got to have confidence. I got to believe in me. That's the whole purpose of God giving you the Bible. He gave you. We thought the Bible was a book that told us about God. We didn't know that it was our instruction manual. We didn't know that we came with instructions and our instruction manual is the Bible. The same way your car came with a a owner's manual is the same way that your Bible came, you came with an instruction manual called the Bible. The Word of God is the instruction telling you what you can do, how you should function, what you have, what has now been given to you because of redemption. Um, It it is God revealing His plan and His inheritance in you through His Word. So i got to have confidence. That's what, when I read the Word, my confidence rises. When I believe the Word, my confidence rise. When I apply the word, my confidence rise. That's confidence. The next step was discipline. Discipline was a very important step. And the step after discipline was evolution. I have to evolve. I cannot become the thing that I dream to be and remain the thing that I am. I have to evolve. And now we're on this step of persistence, and we've been here for a couple of services now. I don't know how long we're going to be on it, but we're going to stay on it. Amen. Persistence. Somebody say persistence. Persistence. It's the ability to keep Going Now, this step of persistence, some of the things that we brought out last Thursday was this, that the pathway to success is never easy or straight. So if I am going to be successful at anything, it doesn't matter what it is. If it's me getting out of debt, if it's marriage, if it's ministry, if it's me living a life that is pleasing to God, I am not going to get there without resistance. I'm not going to get there without adversity because the pathway to success is never easy or straight. It's always, what did we call it Thursday? It's always filled with squiggly lines. We like to think that success is just a straight way up. So when we start the journey, we're excited and we're motivated and, and we have momentum. But we begin to lose the momentum when our motivation falls because we run into adversity. You're going to have problems. They are going to come. Jesus said in this world you shall have tribulation." He didn't say that you were not going to be without tribulation. He says, in this world, you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. That's what he said. So the pathway to success is never easy or straight. So you're going to need to develop persistence because doing what God called you to do is not going to be easy. Somebody say amen. Amen. I don't care how much you like her or how much you like him. If God told you to be together, it's not going to be easy. Somebody say amen. Amen. Glory to God. It's not going to be easy. You're going to have to learn how to develop persistence. I don't care how many scriptures you know. If God told you to start this ministry, it's not going to be easy. And we celebrate in our easy times and we want to quit in our difficult times. And we wonder why what God told us stay in our heart, but it never manifests in our lives. Somebody say I need persistence. Persistence. I need persistence. So every reason to quit starts with a thought in your mind. When somebody say, I can't do this no more, it's because they thought sat there too long. You didn't cast it down. And it sat there, and, and we gave this uh, we gave this analogy uh, or this illustration on uh, Thursday Night Apostle that that when you come out of your house sometimes that uh, especially living in the South sometimes you have a wasp that has that has begun to, to build a waltz nest and 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 don't 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 mind me saying wasp, amen. You know what a wasp is, amen. I know it's spelled wasp or wasp or whatever it is, amen. But we just call it a. Waltz. that's what it is. Amen. So when you come out of your house and there's a waltz there, now the waltz what it would do, it would begin to build a walsh nest, but the waltz won't live in the walsh nest. It will build a walsh nest and it will continue to add to that nest and add to that nest until its family or its colony can come live with it. And that's how a thought is in your mind. That one thought show up, but it just want to stay there long enough to build enough room for the rest of the stuff to come with it. And if you let it stay there, it is going to make you quit. That's how it works. Look what it says right here in Hebrews chapter 12, verse three. It says, for consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners. How did Jesus. Endure contradiction. Contradiction mean this. It is not what I'm believing for. But I still went through it. It is not what I want it to be. It's the opposite of what I'm saying. I say I'm healed, but I feel sick. How do I keep doing that? Listen to what it says. It says, consider Jesus who endures such contradiction of sinners against himself. Lest you be weary, if you don't, if you let a, a, if you let a thought, somebody say a waltz. If you let it get in your head, watch what it's going to do. It's going to make you weary and you're going to want to quit or faint. But it says that all of the quitting and the fainting takes place in your mind. So you don't quit a marriage before you quit in your head. And you don't quit ministry before you give up in your mind. And you don't give up on the business before you get and you don't walk off a job until you've already had the conversation in your head that I'm not going to keep taking this and they're not paying me enough. And I they ain't going to be treating me like this. You just keep on having that washness building in your head till one day you now have the weariness that have shown up to make you walk off. And the church said. Amen. So I can never do what God called me to do if I don't develop persistence. Persistence means this, that I'm going to keep doing it, even though you said something crazy. I'm going to keep doing it, even though I got to know when I should be hearing a yes. I'm going to keep doing it, even though I'm going to get rid of every waltz that try to show up, because if I let one stay, it's going to build a colony so that the rest can come live in my head. Glory to God. That's good. So you have to retrain your mind to think like this. You don't automatically know how to think like this. You don't automatically know in our minds. This is what we've been accustomed to. Society, the culture of the U.S. have taught us that that if you meet adversity long enough, just stop. Somebody say, "Amen." Amen. Amen. School taught us that. Hey, man, you can't pass the test. Don't worry. We got a building, a T building that we can put you in. I don't know what they for down here, but in Shreveport, the T building for 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 they want to group the kids that, 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 that talk a little bit too much in class and and, 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 and got, got disciplinary issues. And they want to they want to group that and relate that to their educational uh, learning abilities and put them in a the T building. And now they got self-esteem issue because everything has been teaching us to quit. Think about it, if you're not doing good, if your kid is not doing good in school, you're going to be there to support your kid. I mean, in in sports, you're going to be there to support your kid. Come on, keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. But if your kids start thinking they're not good at it, I don't want to play this no more. Everything has been teaching us to quit. So now that I'm saved, I got saved, but my mind still needs to be renewed. Somebody say amen. Watch what the scripture says. It says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the. Now, that scripture was written to the church at Rome. So I don't want I don't want to hear I'm in church. He wrote a scripture to the church folk that said you're not transformed. Somebody say, man, saved, but not transformed in church, but not transformed. Amen. So be getting saved is not the end of my journey. Amen. Giving my life to Christ is the beginning. It's the starting point. It's the launching path. Amen. And watch what he what launching pad. Amen. Listen to what he said. He said, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye. By the renewing of your mind, every day I have to retrain myself to think. I cannot afford to think that the mind I brought to this salvation is a mind that's ready for this salvation. Somebody say it's not compatible. He said that you may be able to prove what is that good, acceptable and perfect will of God. That's what the rest of the scripture says. Why do I need to renew my mind so you can prove the will of God? The word prove means to experience, to test drive, to to manifest. The reason I need a new mind is so that I can experience the will of God for my life. The only thing that's compatible to the will of God for my life is the new mind. If I don't renew my mind, it's not compatible. I remember Pastor Perry was preaching at Angola and he was sharing this illustration and um, he was talking with this guy and and he said that uh, he he went to his house. He was working for direct TV then, Dr. Blunt, and he went to his house. And when he went to his house, um, the guy was saying he was having problems. He can't access the uh, HD, uh, high definition channels. So Perry's sitting there working on the things and changing the boxes out and everything. And he's changing all this stuff out and he's trying to get it straight and and he can't get it straight. And he turned to the guy all of a sudden. He said, is this a high definition TV? And the guy said, no. He said, man, you can't can't access high-definition channels. And it's going to give you the high-definition clarity without it being a high-definition TV. Your TV is not compatible. So he had to add a small device to convert the TV. I'm trying to renew your mind. That's the renewed mind right there. In other words, listen to what I'm trying to tell you. That God has channels you can't access with the mind you have. God, I, I, I want to I experience more, and I want to do more, and I want happiness in my house, but I can't seem to get the channel. And God is saying, your TV is not compatible. Your mind is not compatible. If you want to grow, you're going to need a mind to go with it. Somebody say Amen. So I have to retrain myself to think, Miss Deborah. I have to retrain myself that, OK, what would I normally do now? I would normally quit right now. I would normally give up. I would normally just go somewhere else. I would normally just do something else. I now have to learn how to stick with it and fight through it and walk in faith, even when it don't feel like feel good. Somebody say, I got to learn that. If you don't believe you have to learn it, then watch this. You're going to be tried by this words you hear today. And when you hear it, the enemy is going to say that I want that word. I want to take it out of your heart. I don't want you to believe it. I don't want you to apply. And God is saying, I'm going to let him come because I want you to walk in what I just taught you. And both of them are going to be in agreement for the first time. They're both going to be in agreement. You need to be tried. Satan is going to be saying, I need to try you to take it from you. God is saying, you need to be tried so you can walk in it. They're both going to believe that. They're both going to say, you need to be tried. And God is going to let the enemy come to try you. Just to see you walk in it. And if you don't believe you got to renew your mind to think to, to, to persist, to not give up, then watch when the trying come. Watch how quick you want to wave the flag. Somebody say, man, just watch, watch how quick you want to wave the flag. And then you're going to catch yourself and laugh and say, he told me that. He told me that. Amen. Amen. Somebody say, amen. Amen. So when you go and know this, you're not without assistance, assistance. The assistance we need is always there. Paul said it this way, that we are saved by grace through. I can't hear you. We are saved by grace through. What do we get saved by grace? Grace saved us. Grace is not a mystical feeling. Grace is not in, in a, a, a mystical spiritual object. Grace is a divine being. It is the person of Christ expressed. We are saved by grace. We're saved by Christ. In other words, the expression of Christ saved me. Somebody say amen. Amen. So watch this. When I started my journey, the assistance was there. Grace. Amen. Look at somebody and say grace is all you need. Paul prayed over there in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul said, Lord, take it away from me three times. He said, Lord, take it away. This is too much. A messenger of Satan has been sent to attack me. And you would think that God wanted to defend Paul. I mean, Paul had already been shipwrecked. He had been beaten. He had been whipped three times. He had been left in the sea floating on a board. He had been uh, under attack. He had been stoned. He had, uh, he had been whipped 39 lashes three times. He had all these things happening to him. And then I would think that God would say, that's enough. But when Paul was going through this trial, watch what God said. God didn't say, that's enough. God said, my grace is sufficient for you. The only thing you need to to help you keep going is my grace. Well, Lord, isn't that the same thing you gave me to get started? He said, yes, it is. You just lost sight that your assistance was always with you. I would not lead you if I didn't give you help along the way. So sometimes we get so caught up in the adversity that we don't know how to accept the assistance. Come on, walk with me, say it. If the assistance is always with me, then I have to stop trying to do it all in my ability. Come on, stay right there on the side of me, amen. That's the grace that. As I go, the grace goes, you're gonna keep up the grace, amen. Glory to God. I'm gonna mess around and get caught out here without grace. <laughs> Somebody say amen. amen. Do you see what I'm saying? It is the grace that is with me in every trial. So, yes, the job didn't work, and they laid you off. But when you leave, you walk off with so you can't lose sight on what's with you, and the you I clap with you, amen. Amen. So, yeah, the relationship didn't work. That's, that's all right. Glory to God. But don't don't lose sight of the fact that grace is with you, that what you need to get you through it. Oh, yeah, they turned you down for the loan for the house. Glory to God. But that don't mean that I don't have the assistance with me. Somebody say amen. Amen. I know he's trying to keep up which direction I'm going. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. But that, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. That grace It's always, somebody said Grace is always with me. Now, Grace, you're always with me. That assistance we need is always there, but we don't know how to activate it. So it's there lying dormant. It's there working to save me, but it's not doing anything else because I won't let it. It's trying to help me. Come on, reach over and try to grab the mic. Amen. It's trying to help me, but I'm saying I got it. With everything that God wants me to do, every time it try to grab, Grace is trying to get involved, I'm telling Grace, I got it. And the moment that I come on, Chris, stand up here in front of me. And the moment I come into a confrontational situation or resistance or something rising up against me, I want to quit and walk off. And Grace is walking off with me with his head down, saying, I really wish you would let me help. Because you're quitting just because you came in the face of a giant. But I'm here for your giants. You gave up because you saw a fiery furnace, but that's the reason I'm here for your fiery furnaces. You quit because you came face to face with a a doctor's report, but that's the reason I'm here. To help you continue to believe against the resistance. So I'm going to show you how to activate the assistance that is with you. How do I activate grace? Thank you so much. I'm tempted to preach this whole message with you right there. Thank you all so much. Amen. Give them a hand. Amen. Come on, y'all. Y'all, 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 y'all stay with me. Amen. Amen. So uh, this is what I want to talk about. I'm going to show you an example. All right. You're going through things. I, I, I. There was a story. There was a story of this, this, this young little girl, this little girl that went to her grandmother, and she said, Mama, Mama, uh, what you doing? She said, I'm baking homemade biscuits. Amen. Homemade. So uh, she said, well, what you what you, what you doing what, what you doing now? She said, I'm about to put them in the oven. And she said, what's going to happen when you put them in the oven? She said, when I put them in the oven, they're going to rise. So she put them in the oven. When they put them in the oven, the little girl wanted to watch, so Momo cut the oven light on. And the little girl was sitting there looking in the window in the oven, and she said, Momo. She said, yeah, baby. She said, they not rising? She said, baby, just give it time. And she looking at it, she said, Momo. She said, what, baby? She said, they not rising. She waited a few more minutes, came back and looked at it and said, Momo, they not rising. And then she came back and she said, Momo. She said, yeah, baby, they rising. (laughs) After she took them out of the oven, she was there and the little girl said, Momo, how did you know them biscuits was going to rise? Momo looked at it and said, baby, because I put something in it that'll make it rise. I'm trying to tell you about assistance. God, how did you know that I was going to be able to come out of this situation, that it was going to work for my good? He said, because I put something in the biscuits. I put something in you that'll make you rise. Now, watch this. The thing thing that Momon put in the biscuits to make it rise is activated by heat. Somebody say amen. So as long as the biscuits sat on the tray, on the counter, you never saw biscuits rise. But if the temperature got hot enough, then what was in it would show glory to God. What was in it would show up in it, glory to God. And it would cause it to rise. Somebody say, I have assistance. That's why I could persist. Because in my toughest times, the grace in me that God has placed in me begins to carry me when I can't carry myself. Sometimes I look back and say, how did I make this this far? You ever been driving home, and your mind wandered off on something? And you pull up in the driveway, and then you wonder, like, how I got here? Cause I sure wasn't focused the whole time. I wasn't focused the whole time. I don't know what I was thinking about. I don't even remember. I mean, how I got here. Amen. Glory to God. That's how the assistance is in you. That sometimes I look back on stuff in life and I wonder how did I get here? Because I didn't think I was going to make it through that. And I didn't think I was going to be able to handle that. But somehow I just kept moving one feet after another. It was the stuff he put in the biscuits that have made me continue to walk like that. I'm trying to tell you how to keep going when you feel like giving up. Yeah. Amen. Oh, my musician's gone. I need a done, dun done, done right then. That was good. So I want to talk about some things that war against your persistence, some things that war against you keep going, some things that war against your persistence. So uh, uh, let me me give you the first one. The first thing that war against your persistence. Oh, my time moving fast. Amen. The thing the first thing that war against your persistence is unruly appetites. Unruly appetites. These are appetites or desires (laughs) that are unchecked. unruly appetites. I got out of the car last night, and when I got out of the car, I, I turned to my wife, and, and I don't know why I said it, but I turned to my wife, and, and, and I said, this Lewis. I said, Louis. Uh, I said, and poverty shall come upon them as a strong man, as an armed man. And she looked at me, and she said, that's a lyric off a song or something? I said, no, that's a scripture. I'm trying to think of the first part of the scripture so I can avoid that. And poverty shall come upon them as an armed man. What's the first part of that scripture? And then the Holy Spirit brought it back to me. And it says this He that loveth sleep. <laughs> I'm, talking about, I'm talking about desires that go unchecked. Appetites that go unchecked. Amen. He that love his sleep shall find himself in lack, and poverty shall come upon him as a strong man. (laughs) Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Do you hear what I'm saying? Watch the unruly appetites. Turn to James chapter 1 real quick. James chapter 1. Turn it real quick. Real quick. Lewis, I'm still recording. Amen. Glory to God. James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Real quick. I don't want to be broke, so I don't spend all my time sleeping. Amen. I'd be tired. Amen. Then pick which one you want to be, rested or wealthy. (laughs) Amen. I got all my energy. I bet you do. You have nothing to do. You're broke. I got all my energy. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Watch unruly appetites. It's not just sleep. It's all kind of stuff. James chapter one, verse verse uh, 13, 13. You got to say whoop, there it is. Let no man say when he is tempted, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither does he tempt any man. So if you're in a temptation, God may allow it, but God ain't the one doing it. Somebody say, "Amen." Watch verse 14? But every man or woman is tempted when he is drawn away of his own. This is what it meant. Come here, Don. Just walk around up here. Satan has assigned demons to you. To study you. Not to fight you. Not to attack you, he has something for that. but there's a demon that's assigned to you to just watch you and to study what you like. Because I'm going to use what you like to entice you. So they just study you and they watch you, and nobody else see what you're strolling on on your phone, and nobody else see what you're watching. And nobody else see what you're doing. But there's a demon that is studying you saying that now I know what you like. I'll put stuff in your path that go with my report. I've now collected data on what you like. And now I'll put stuff in your path of what you like. And you can't resist what you like. Come on, let's see. see. Y'all hear what I'm saying? So watch what he does. He says you're enticed by your own lust. Somebody say your own lust and drawn away. Your own lust draw you away and entice you. Your own lust draw you away and entice you. He studies you. And he says this, that I'm going to put things in the path that make him and he'll forget all about me. If I feed his appetite. He won't be able to resist me. He won't be able to keep going. I didn't know that part of my quitting came with part of my eating and part of my sleeping and part of my consciousness and part of my my my, my viewing on t- I didn't know that my my desire to quit is heightened. When I have appetites, I won't check. So the thing that wars against my persistence, one of the things is what? Come on, say it out loud. When I don't check the desires of the flesh, I am more vulnerable to quitting. Satan knows when you have desires that go unchecked. So he knows this so he can use those desires to lure you away. Now, let me tell you, let me show you what that, that's what the word entice me. It means to lure. Now, now I'm, I'm not a fishing person. Um, Apostle Jones is a fishing person. In fact, we got a fishing trip that is coming up that I'm excited about that you and I get to go out and we get to. Amen. Glory to God. Don't get frustrated with me. If I bore you. Amen. I promise not to dive in the water. I promise not to. I got to give you that disclaimer now. Amen. Hallelujah! Because um, I, 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 I'm not I, I'm not one that goes out there and fish, but I want to do it. So I'm gonna be there. And I'm gonna learn from you. Amen. That's what I'm gonna tell myself. Now I'm gonna learn from you. I'm gonna check the appetite and the desire to get out there and get distracted and do other stuff. If you don't watch me, I'll be out there preaching all loud, running fish off. So no, I'm, I'm gonna check that. So so watch this. We're going fishing, and it says to lure them away. To lure them away. Come on, somebody say to lure. All right. Now, now, how many fish do you think? I asked my wife, there was this morning I asked you about fish. I said, how many fish do you think? Last night I turned to her and said, how many fish do you think was ever caught in the world? Ever. In the history of the world, how many fish do you think was ever caught? Amen. That's the, you can't count that number. huh? It's just it's just um, you can't imagine how many fish. When you think about large nets and you think about small hooks and everybody fish and they've been fishing since the beginning of time. Since they showed up and they was fishing, since Adam fell, they've been fishing. Somebody say amen. So you can't even imagine how many fish. And it would, I, would, I would just think that the fish would learn that don't fall for the lure. By now, a fish should have ran, ran, ran it down to, should have put somebody on game and said, hey, listen, that shiny thing right there that looked like it's something you want to bite, you don't want to bite that. Saw so my uncle bite it. He's been gone ever since. <laughs> Am I right? Hey, Amen. But the fish, <laughs> but the fish, but the fish some reason cannot resist the lure. And can I tell you what the fish is thinking? The fish is thinking, even if the fish know there's a possibility that that might not be real or that might be. The fish is thinking that I can get it and get off the hook. Listen to what the quote is. Quotation. I can get it and get off the hook. Said every fish that ever was caught. Are y'all following me right now? It won't catch me, said every fish that was ever caught. Somebody say amen. I'm sure Samson read that quote and said that same thing. It won't catch me. I can be able to do it. I could dip in, get Delilah, dip out. It won't be no problem. I could keep playing with her, laying my head in her lap, and it's never going to be a problem until he woke up with no eyes and no hair. Delilah was not his problem. His problem was there was a, there was a, there was a harlot in G- Gaza that he went after. And before her, there was a Philistine girl that he went after. The problem was not Delilah. The problem was he had appetites for strange women. And because he wouldn't check his appetite, Ladies, you know that. I mean, this is the young generation. The old generation don't understand why they think that. But you know that young generation that think like that. I want a man with a little thug in him. I want a hey, man I can bite it and get away. Said every fish that it was ever caught. <laughs> 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 the lure. Hey, Amen. I need a man that can just. I mean, just check me sometime, hey, Amen. Said every fish that was caught. Look, somebody said, don't fall for the lure. The lure is designed to take your focus off the hook. So you don't even think about the hook. Am I teaching this this morning? I told y'all I'm stopping when I got to stop, and I don't want to stop right now, but I got to stop. Amen. This is what your appetite is. Your appetite is the taste for something. You got a taste for it. It's a taste for something. And just because you got a taste for it don't mean you need it. So if you're going to be able to keep going in life, you got to learn how to have a taste that you can resist. You ever been on a diet and all of a sudden you had a taste for some cake? Amen. Now, now, listen, the cake don't go with your goal. But if you're going to reach your goal, you're going to have to resist your taste. Teach Holy Ghost. Says this here, but if you walk in the spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. It didn't say you won't feel the lust of the flesh, it said you won't fulfill. Amen, I still got a taste for certain things. I resist it. And when I resist, let me just go ahead and skip to the end of the message. My resisting activates the assisting. So when I resist the taste, Grace kicks in and says, Come on, let's keep going then. Because the grace is there to help me stay on the path. Glory to God. You with me, Chris? Amen. So so watch this. I know. I know some of y'all are gonna look at me and say, I ain't got no appetite for everything. God took all of it. Amen. <laughs> you the only person on earth <laughs> that God 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 saved you and took every appetite and desire of your flesh away. You're the only person ever. Said every fish that were caught. Sometimes me giving up is a result of me getting distracted. By stuff I got a taste for. Now, your taste might not be a person, might not be a thing. Your taste might be compulsive spending. Just because I saw the shirt don't mean I need the shirt right now. Somebody say amen. 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 And your taste might be getting your point across. So we got to ask the question. Do you want to be happy in the house or you want to be right? Which one? You want to be happy or right? Because you can't be both of them all the time. It's going to come a time that you're going to have to choose to be happy or right. And I don't want to be the one that got to prove that I'm right and then I'm not happy. I got a taste to to prove my point. Amen. You better resist that taste. Amen. Or well, that's all you're going to be having. A taste to prove your point. Catch that in the spirit. Sometimes me giving up is a result of me getting distracted. Because of the thing I want. So I want the gold, Minister Ursula, But I want my appetite as well. And Satan want to make you think you can have them both. He wants to make you think you can still lose weight and eat the cake. He want to make you think that you can get out of debt and spend all the money you get. He want to make you think you can have a happy house and be, be having side conversations. We were laughing on the first two, Amen. We stopped laughing then. We started laughing. Amen. He want to make you think. He want to make you think, and all the whole time he's saying like, "Yeah, you can get the, yeah, yeah, you can get the lure in the bait." <laughs> yeah, you don't know a bait, bait is there. Keep playing, and watch it snatch you. <laughs> can you picture the look on that fish face that that, that did get off the hook when he? <laughs> Well, you know, you don't catch every fish that bite on. The, am I right? right? There are some that get off the hook, right? Amen. Can you picture the look on his face as he's swimming away? That ain't a lure. <laughs> That's not an average cricket. <laughs> Let me get away. He's trying his hard. You see my little swim right there. Let me get away. The look on his face like, who that was close, Jesus, until you see another lure. <laughs> Said every fish that were caught. What is temptation? Let me tell you what temptation is. Temptation is the combination of two things. Temptation is the combination of appetite and opportunity. That's all temptation is. It is you got a taste for something. Here go your chance. I I, I sincerely thought, Jennifer, that I was going to get past one of these points. I thought I was going to get to like three. And I got two minutes and 47 seconds, and now I have to close out on this point. I can't keep going if I don't change my taste buds. So instead of me just running around saying that's just the way I am, I need to check some of this stuff. You always got to prove your point. But it's just the way I am. My whole family like that. What if you had a whole family that that had that same appetite unchecked? That don't mean that's the way you're just going to be. It might just mean that for generations, nobody checked it. Nobody put it in check. Nobody arrested that appetite. So, ladies, instead of just saying, you know, I got to have me a man with a little thug in him. There are certain things that come with thugs. Amen. There's certain things that come with them. All right. I just want to let you know there are certain things that come with them because thugs are programmed in in, in low income community. We call them hoods. They're programmed in hoods to think a certain way. So when they get with you, you're going to get that mind, too. So there's certain things that come with thugs. So when you get pulled over, they want you to hold a weed. And the church said. Amen. It's certain things that come with them. Amen. I just gotta have me a little check that appetite. Why do I gotta have a little thug in it? Why I can't have somebody and there you go, there you are on Instagram liking stuff talking about goals, relationship goals, and there you are, you got people that I was talking about they they got money, they on trips and everything. even the ones that were thugs left thugging. Amen. <laughs> I don't know why I'm on that this page turn to hebrews 12 hebrews 12 my wife probably over there thinking well you, you ain't no thug you just like you're kind of crazy amen <laughs> hey, my mind renewing hey, amen thugs don't have their own calls all the time so they want to drop you to work they come with this package deal They ain't got money, you paying for stuff at the restaurant. Or if they got money, it's going on belts <laughs> and shoes. They showing up to the birthday party with their friends, their partners. They boys coming to the birthday party and all of them high. To your kid's birthday party, I'm talking about. I just want one with a little thug in them. I mean, alright, glory to God. My time is up. (laughs) I don't know how I closed out on that. Hebrews 12. First, lady, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to find me a soft worship song and for the uh, computer to play down low when we do this off the call. Hebrews 12. Somebody say, check my appetite. Watch verse 16. Did I say 12? Am I in 16? 12. In. It ain't what I'm looking for. It is 16. Here we go. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau. Who for one morsel of meat. Now hold up. Now, nowhere in the Bible did it say that Esau was running around having sex with people. It's not in Genesis. It's not there. Have you read Apostle in Genesis? It's not there. It doesn't say that. Watch what the Scripture says in verse 16. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person. As Esau or like Esau. Well, hold up. A fornicator is somebody that is going out there and giving themselves. Giving themselves. They're having sex outside of marriage, the context of marriage. That's what a fornicator is, right? We don't have a scripture in the Bible to tell us that Esau was one. Why are you calling Esau a fornicator? Here's why. He might not have had sex with somebody or he had, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about him giving himself for one morsel of meat, sold his birthright. So, as a fornicator would give themselves just because they got the desire, Esau had a desire he couldn't control. He was more hungry than he was focused. And when Satan gets your appetite like that and he's watching your appetite and you get it unchecked, Esau was able to come in. So, watch what he was able to do. Watch the next scripture. Verse verse, verse 17. It said, for, you know, that afterward, Um, don't play it just yet. Before, you know, afterward. When you would have inherited the blessing. He was rejected for he found no place in repentance, though he came to God with tears in his eyes, saying he came not come on, give me my birthright, because he thought this. He thought that I can eat the food and keep the birthright. He showed up. He was so hungry he wanted his birthright that his brother said, I tell you what, I'll fix you something to eat. But I want that blessing, that birthright. And he said, you can have it. Just give it to me. My soul is starving. I'm about to die. You ever been so hungry you felt like you were dying? Oh, Lord. My wife gave me some, uh, um, um, I never in my life eat this stuff or try this stuff again. She gave me some echinacea. Anybody ever heard of echinacea? Echinacea. What is echinacea, baby? It's a vitamin. That's what it is. And, and, and I, I was having a sinus drain. Um, sinus start draining and you got that post nasal drip and you are coughing and you sneezing, and you're doing all that. I was having that. She was like, here, take some echinacea, echinacea work. I'll never try it again. Because I, I asked her what it was and she said it was a vitamin. And at this time, she was working off Florida Boulevard. So she went over there, she gave it to me, and she went off to work. When she gave it to me, I I, I I popped it, just boom, threw some water down with it. Amen. And then all of a sudden, I texted her and said, Hey, what is this you gave me? I texted her again and said, Answer my text. <laughs> I texted her again and said, Man, I don't know what's going on, but it feels like my stomach eating itself. And I done rolled out of the bed. I'm on the floor holding myself and said, I need to go to the doctor. Something's happening to me right now. And it was just getting worse and worse and worse. And here it was. It was just the fact that you're supposed to eat before you take echinacea. I'll never take echinacea again. I don't care if I do eat. It just made me feel like my stomach was eating itself. And I would just, when you get so hungry, it's hard for you to turn down food. When you get so hungry for attention, it's hard for you to turn down likes. When you get so we we don't call it hungry, we call it thirsty. Amen. When you get so hungry for for uh, um, 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 praise and applause, it's hard for you to turn down a spotlight. And God can't God can't direct a desperate person, a desperately hungry person. He can't direct you because your appetite is directing you. And we're quitting majority of the time because we got distracted. By an appetite, we wouldn't check. I'm waiting for a good man. It's taking too long. I'll settle for one now. (laughs) You will do. (laughs) Somebody say amen. Amen. You ever had one of them sermons that you say, man, this was good. This should have been in the Colosseum." This one. <laughs> like the world need to hear this one right here. Hey, Amen. App- your appetite on unruly going without. So let me help you out. How do I get the grace to kick in? I'm gonna, just going to have to pick up Thursday. How do I get the grace to kick in, Rashida? Come on back, see it. Chris, grab this microphone, just set it in my path. And Grace is always with me. He's on it now. I'm going to come back that way. Chris. And this is, this, this is how Grace put it out there so they can see it. Amen. Amen. And this is Grace. It is me being tempted to do it, and I fight it. I fight the appetite. And then Grace kicks in and say, I got it. You going to pick that up sometime today? Amen. You saw the resistance. It is me wanting to. It is me wanting to say something, me wanting to do this, me wanting to. But I fight my wants. It is me in the garden of Gethsemane. And it is saying, Father, if there's another way, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will. Your will be done. Grace kicks in. Do you see it now? I only accept the assistance when I resist the appetite. And I promise you, if you'll resist the appetite, you will find grace. Pushing you when you can't go no more. Lifting you when you feel down. You'll find it. Give God some praise. Oh, that was good. Amen. Hallelujah. Dr. Blunt, if you'll move this stuff for me. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, that was good, everybody. Amen. Lewis, you can stop that. Amen. Hallelujah. That truth. Remember, Kelsey, Y'all.